For my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to episode 261 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Halls Burkhardt. And I'm your host, Will Witten. And we have Star Wars news to talk about. Not all of it great, but Star Wars news nonetheless. And more importantly, uh, big things on the horizon for our buddy Will here. Oh yeah. This will be his last episode until the new baby comes or before the new baby comes right so uh we'll have a guest of some sort next week i'll get somebody lined up and then you know we'll see how it goes from there and <clears throat> when uh things are settled enough for you to jump back in buddy that's just how we'll handle it i'll be looking forward to it yeah man big stuff coming for the buddy will big stuff indeed How's everything going with that? You guys. It's going fine so far. Yeah. The house ready. is pretty much where it needs to be. We just need to pack some hospital bags and put some last finishing touches on stuff and uh, should be good to go. Yeah. Cause, uh, I put the bassinet together. Nice. Did all, did all the things. <coughs> well, awesome buddy. Um, are they going to let you, you go along? Yeah, you get one. Okay. And so, like, uh, I'm the one. Good. Good. That's awesome. I was a little worried about that. You know, I know it yeah. might have been, uh, you know, a different uh, story a couple of months ago, even. Right. So. I mean, I'm hoping the next week stays all right. You know, I'm hoping the story doesn't change between now and then. Yeah, that's true. But there's no... Reason to think it'll change that quickly, I would think. I don't know. We're in the middle of a surge. We're yeah. surging at the moment. Are, are you guys specifically surging? Uh, no, we Mississippi is one of the ones that is maxed out on ICU beds. So, yeah. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Ain't it great? And my wife, who works in the ER, was telling me about how... 
all the hospitals in the surrounding states are full, like Arkansas, Louisiana, Florida, Georgia, Alabama, Tennessee. And like to get COVID patients a bed, they're calling like Missouri, like the next closest. Missouri is the next closest state. They're trying to get somebody in a hospital bed, you know. Whoa. Wow, wow, wow. That sucks. Yeah. Um, well, all the best to you guys, and uh, we'll miss you for the next week or two, however long you need until uh, you're comfortable coming back. But uh, I'm sure you guys are nice and excited. I'm sure Chris is ready to no longer be pregnant in the she heat is. of the summer. Right? Being nine months pregnant in July, it's got to be Oof. the best. Woof, I bet not. Uh, how's uh, how's Liam? Is he excited? Yeah, he's excited as his little brain can comprehend. But yeah, he is. So he's almost the exact age I was when Amanda was born. Yeah, he'll be four in September. So he's like, you know, three and 11 months. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much exactly because Amanda was born in February when I was three and 11 months, almost to the exact month. So, alrighty. So, um, uh, before we get on to the Star Wars news this week, let's uh, do a little business. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast. You can email us at blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram at Blue Harvest Pod. Been doing a little uh, streaming on Twitch lately. It's been a good time. Had some uh, folks stopping by and uh, hanging out in the chat. Our boy Rick Villanueva, our buddy Dave Confer, Emily Lynn's been by, Tracy Moon, a um, few folks. It's been fun. I haven't been, I, I saw the Yakuza, but I haven't been able to drop by for Ghost of Tsushima yet, but I'm really looking forward to it because I've heard some good things about that game. Buddy, it could end up being my game of the year. Oh, wow. That's I saying a lot. love it so much. Like, to the point where I'm finding little hour breaks in my work schedule like today is a good example. I had like, <clears throat> I got all, you know, my morning work stuff done and it seemed like it was going to be a little bit before some more work was ready for me to do. So I jumped in the shower and I was like, I probably got like a free hour. Well, it's time to jump into Ghost of Tsushima. It is great. I'm really enjoying it. <clears throat> um, and uh, yeah, I've been streaming it almost every day. For a little bit here and there so if you're interested in checking it out and chatting come check us out on the uh twitch channel um steve and i have some early plans for some special content for the twitch channel so when that's uh ready to to roll out you guys will definitely be hearing about it it should be fun it was actually um mostly steve's idea and it's a killer idea. So uh, be sure to uh, keep up with us on the social media and listen out for that. It's It should be a fun time. Um, also, we have a Patreon page where you can support the podcast for as little as $3 a month. 
And for that, you get exclusive access to an RSS feed that contains a ton of bonus podcasts. What kind of podcasts, you may wonder? We got Star Wars Year by Podcast with our buddy Steele. Released two of those episodes this week. One covering uh, part of 1982 and a special episode devoted solely to the Lost finale. Hmm. It's real good. Uh, That's a confusing one. Well, through... Uh, I, say, I say confusing. There's just a lot going on there. There is a lot A lot going to on. unpack. Uh, Steele and his wife, Jackie, in quarantine or lockdown or whatever the hell you want to call it, decided they wanted to rewatch Lost. And he finished up, or they finished up last weekend, I believe. And then he texted me and was like, hey, do you want a podcast about the finale? And buddy, you know I jumped on that shit real quick. Um, Yes. So Monday when I got back from uh, work, two hours of podcasting about Lost and the finale. And that's up on the Patreon feed right now. We also have a special episode that we put up over, was it this weekend or last weekend? I can't remember, but it's us talking about um, The Last of Us 2, something that we might do uh, occasionally for bigger video game releases, like get some folks that played it together just to sort of discuss it, have a good time. Um, And coming up this weekend... Uh, cooking with Will. Hey. All set up and ready to go, just waiting to post it. Trying to spread out the Patreon releases because we put out those year by podcast. So, uh, like one day after the other. So, <clears throat> just a couple of days after you hear this, you should have a brand new, fresh mwah, episode of Cooking with Will ready on your Patreon feed. Part one in the pandemic at home cooking series. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And damn, do I got to say this recipe sounds tasty. Uh, and we also Super have, basic, but super tasty. It doesn't have to always be something fucking fancy. I know, I know. That's my background. You know, like, mm-hmm. how dare you, sir, serve spaghetti? You know, like, oh, it better be homemade noodles with heirloom tomato sauce and a, you know, gastrique and some sort of reduction. You know, I'm used to having to adhere to a higher level. No. So I feel bad when I put up the plain Janes, but to be honest, that's what everybody needs. You know, that's what everybody's doing right now is cooking the go-tos for their family. And yeah. I wanted to share with you what the go-tos here at my house for my family are. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so yeah, a cooking with Will will be up very shortly. We also have Oh No, It's Hall Solo, Jaws, Blue Harvest Adventures, Podula Rasa, Masters of Harvest Kasi, and more shows to come. Some some new things in the works. Talk to a couple people about some new things. They sound fun. So if that uh, piques your interest in, like I said, you want to support the podcast, check it out. Patreon.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast. And that's the business. I don't think I've uh, missed any mentions of other shows that I was like I almost did last week. The Bad Motivators, I think I'm in the clear. So, 
All right, buddy. Um, Star Wars news. Well, I guess we'll get the bad news out of the way first because this actually uh, hit the news pretty much, I don't know, an hour, maybe two before we started recording. Maybe earlier than that. I don't know. But uh, the next three Star Wars movies have all been delayed by a year. So, you know, we were looking forward to a December 16th, 2022 release for uh, the next Star Wars movie. Well, it's uh, been announced that all three of those Star Wars movies, the ones playing for 2022, 2024, and 2026, have all been moved back pretty much exactly one year. So now... Instead of December 16th, 2022, our next Star Wars movie will be releasing on December 22nd, 2023. And this wasn't just Star Wars. So this isn't some sort of like, you know. Oh, yeah, it's all of the Hollywood, you know. Well, it's all of Disney's slate. All the Avatar movies were moved back by a year, um, you know. and, And it's all because of COVID, like. If nobody can go to the movies, why keep making movies to release? Yeah, man, it's it's a fucking mess. That's for sure. Um, and it's a bummer, you know. It's a bummer that we have to wait yet another year. Um, but, you know, you just got to hope that that extra year of development just leads to a stronger product in the end, you know. That's what you got to hope. Because this next... Uh, this next Star Wars movie is important for the future. It really of Star Wars. is. They, In a big way. Yeah, they really need to hit that one out of the park and it'd be a nice success for them to keep like the health of the franchise moving forward. Um, <laughs> it's a big test because, you know, we it needs don't. It to have a desert planet and it needs to have a super weapon. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm no, totally Will. kidding. Um, I'm totally kidding. If there's a desert planet, it better be Tatooine. I'm tired of these other fucking desert planets. You know this is one of my things, man. I know, I know. That's why I was saying it. Give us the fart gas planet. I don't care, man. It needs to have uh, X-Wings that look almost just like the previous X-Wings and TIE Fighters that look almost just like the previous TIE Fighters. Why are you doing this to me, Will? I'm just playing. I'm just messing with you. Why are you fucking with me like this? Uh, we're not going to get to record uh, for a I, week or I two. Know your, uh, I know all your personal Star Wars <laughs> flips and switches and knobs. I think you're going to be like, oh, it should be Cobb Vanth, the Star Wars story. It should. It really no, should. No, it should not. <laughs> it should not, Will. It, it should be a movie called Boba, Suits, Boba Fett's Armor. And then like <laughs> a story about Cobb Vanth. So that's been it for uh, Blue Harvest this week. I guess I'll see you in a couple weeks, Will. Week or two, <laughs> however long you need. I just want to make sure you're going to miss me. <laughs> you're fucking giving me a finger on your way out on your fucking uh, paternal leave. Yeah, that's right. Blue Harvest Inc. provides paternal leave. It's a free podcast, but uh, you know what? I'm, I'm not cracking the whip. I said, I hate to see you go. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. No, man. I expect you to be... On the phone, on Skype, 
while the delivery is happening, podcasting oh, with me next week. My goodness. That, I'm pretty sure it's going to be a section. So we're coming at you live from the operating room. <laughs> uh, so, Will, what do you think about the news that we're getting a Boba Fett spinoff show? I don't know, man. Uh, Sounds like burnt flesh in here. <laughs> um, yeah, look, there's no denying it. It's a bummer. I hate waiting. I don't even know if I'm going to be around in 2023. 23 is my lucky number, though. So I'm trying to fucking, it's that's that Jack Shepard number. That's Jack Shepard from Lost number. Yep. Trying to remain at least a little positive about it. Four, you know. eight. 15, 16, 23, 42. It's not like we're looking at the mid 90s of Star, you know, the, or, you know, late 80s, mid 90s of Star Wars content going forward. We're going to have plenty of Disney Plus series and books and video games. Like, you know, it's not like we're going to be completely without content to enjoy before then, but something special about going to the theater to see a new star wars movie yeah i heard that taika watiti was writing and working on his movie well talk about a goddamn segue look oh. at this that was mm. the next that that's what i was gonna say on the bright side we get news this week um i believe it was in an interview with the bbc where taika watiti mentioned that he and co-writer Christy Wilson Carnes have begun the writing process on his Star Wars movie. Now, you know, we were wondering for a while now who the director of the 2022 Star Wars movie would be. Um, originally, it was going to be uh, old Game of Thrones guys. Mm -hmm. They psh, skedaddled and... I was not bummed at all about that. No. Um, <clears throat> not after the last season of Game of Thrones. They, um, and then, you know, Taika Waititi signed on, and there were some questions of, like, well, could it be his movie in 2022? Because he's got that uh, Thor movie he's working on. Yeah, and Love and Thunder. Yeah, it didn't seem like it would really uh, be feasible for him to do that movie and a 2022 star Wars, given the time frame that they would be releasing. Like, I think both of them were set to be released in 2022. Uh, but now with this, with the delay, I think it's very possible that the first star Wars movie we see back in theaters will be the Taika Waititi movie. I, I heard that Ryan Johnson's still working on his trilogy, but, I think that's one of those things that's still in limbo, right? It's hard to say. You know, with all the COVID shit and with his crazy success with Knives Out and moving into a, a sequel for that, like, <clears throat> I, you know, as far as I understand, the official word is that it's still coming and it's still being worked on. Um and, you know, maybe it's just a matter of not rushing it and waiting till the time is right to do that. I hope it's it's soon. Um, but we have no official That's... word. As of right now, you know, he's still officially signed on to do a Star Wars movie or a series of Star Wars movies and Taika Waititi. Those are the two 
theatrical projects that we know of right now, right? Right. And Kevin Feige was hinting at that's right at producing what one. yeah what what he would do if he would do something but that's all in hypothetical land still and that's more in a producer capacity that's not as a director so we don't know what that is even gonna end up being either that was you know how long ago was that that we talked about him it was a while back being, and i know the russo brothers you know had some stuff to say, but nothing like, oh, we're, we're writing a Star Wars story. Yeah, I don't see them doing that. They've got a movie in the works right now with Netflix that's uh, Chris Evans and I want to say somebody else related to the Marvel movies that they're working with. Um, but yeah, the Kevin Feige thing, I feel like that's... You know, we could end up finding out that he's producing this one that Taika Waititi's working on even. You know, we don't really know <clears throat> much about um, uh, that whole situation. That was back in September of last year that it was announced. We don't know much about much Star Wars except for animated Star Wars. Well, well, we, we might have some... Uh, cock a duty speculating to do about one here in hey, a second. Hey. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Uh, I have a feeling there's quite a few, you know, projects in the work for theatrical Star Wars. It's just a matter of, I mean, you know, we're talking about one that's over three years away at this point, which, like we said, could be the Taika Waititi one. And then after that, we're talking 2025 and 2027. So there's plenty of time for them to line up directors and everything for those movies. They've got time, which is a good thing because that's not always been something that they've had recently with Star Wars movies, specifically The Rise of Skywalker. The more time they have to develop and work on them, smooth everything out, the better. And I obviously, think yeah, the better the final product will be. <clears throat> but moving right along, kind of hinted at it just a second ago. There was a, a rumor that popped up this week from a couple of friends of ours about a, a new Disney Plus live action series that is in development. This comes from our buddies over at Castle Run Transmissions, Corey and Noah. Um, they are reporting that. Donald Glover has signed on to be in a Orlando Disney Plus series. Hey, hey. Now, this is exciting to me. That could be solid gold. Mm -hmm. I've seen a lot of neat uh, cock-a-duty speculating ideas floating around once the news broke. My favorite so far, and I can't really attribute this to one person. I saw a lot of people sort of bouncing this idea around in different ways um, is the Calrissian Chronicles. You know, in cool. Solo, when he's on the Falcon while they're trying to get the coaxium out of uh, Kessel, he's recording his, like, YouTube video. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and um, he calls it the Calrissian Chronicles. I think that could be a fun sort of approach and 
it would be really neat if you can make it happen where you have old Billy D or old Lando Billy D uh, sort of like bookending the episodes or at least kicking off the series like he's recording a Calrissian Chronicle kind of uh, Wonder Years like kind of start every episode with Billy D set in the frame and then it goes off into the story. Yeah, you know, either every episode or every couple of episodes, if episodes, you know, sort of like run arcs, together yeah. or something. Yes. Yeah. I could think, I would think that'd be a really neat way to get them both involved. Um, but yeah, man, I'm excited. And for everybody that wanted more solo, this might be the closest thing we get for now. Uh, and I think it's probably the best approach to continuing <coughs> any of the characters from Solo. And so the assumption is from the time Han Solo won the Falcon at the end of Solo to Empire Strikes Back, like the assumption is the two of them hadn't seen each other until then, right? I think you could make that assumption, but I don't think but that... it's not necessarily ne Yeah, true. I don't think that necessarily has to be the case. I don't think okay. it's been set in stone that that's the case either. You know, in fact, I would prefer that not to be the case because they seem to know each other uh, way better than one job where Lando ended up hating him at the end. Right. <clears throat> exactly. Um, so, I, you know, depending on when this is set, granted, it could be set before Solo even. And if you did that, you could bring L3 and the Falcon back which would be kind of neat. I could go for seeing some more L3 and the the fancy cleaned up version of the Falcon. Yeah, right? That would be amazing. <clears throat> but if it's set after Solo, you could even have Han and Chewie show up at some point. You could have Infus Nest show up maybe. There's like a lot of cool possibilities either way. Infus Nest would be a good character to pick back up. Yes, I could definitely go for some more Infus Nest. And, and even so would Emily Clark's I'm mean, sorry Amelia Clark's character but I don't know that you would do that without Han Solo I don't know I think there is a compelling story to be told about her separate from Han Solo post Solo I agree, I agree. with her um, working with the Crimson Dawn and Maul yeah there's a lot there yeah there's a lot there that could be cool and once again you could have Han and Chewie show up um just see how it goes. I have to imagine with as uh, popular and successful as Donald Glover is, the payout for to get him to come do a Disney Plus series, something tells me that was a, a lot of money. Chuck change. Now, you know, this is, <clears throat> with as, as with anything like this, you got to kind of approach it cautiously until it is officially confirmed but you know those guys have been right so far that's what i was gonna say they nailed the bad batch thing and look certainly what did we were talking about last week so you know if uh if they keep the uh the momentum going this could be pretty big i'd be very excited to see a donald glover led disney plus lando series that's Dude, the outfits alone. The capes. The capes. Mm. 
The smarmy charm. The gambling. Because he was so good as Lando in that movie. He really was. And, you know, <clears throat> this, like I said, you know, given the box office performance of Solo, this is almost a best case scenario for people that want to see more from those characters or yeah. those, the, those versions of those characters, you know? Um, and if it takes off, you know, I can only imagine that it'll lead to, to more things. Um, those guys at the Castle Run Transmissions were kind of hinting that there's other big stuff in the works. They didn't say what. So I have a feeling that, you know, we may have more stuff to discuss as the weeks go on. And they feel comfortable reporting on whatever it is they're he hearing. Right. Um, but we'll see. You know, if if this pans out, then coming to Disney Plus... Over the next few years, we have Mandalorian Season 2, Mandalorian Season 3, Bad Batch, Obi-Wan, Cassian, uh, and Lando. And I believe we talked about, oh shit, I'm forgetting her name, the lady that was signed on for a Disney Plus series um, sort of recently. Not Deborah Chow, right? No, she's doing... Um, Obi-Wan? Yeah, this was a Le Leslie Headland. Oh, okay, her that's name been is. a while that we've talked about that. Yeah, so she's developing something as well <clears throat> for Disney+. Plus. So yeah, there's there's stuff coming. Like I said, when we were talking about the delay of the, the movie to 2023, it's not like we're going to be fucking only reading Western game source books and stuff like that. The glove of Darth Vader shadows of the empire. Hey, Hey, will we won't stand for shadows of the empire slander. Oh, I love it. It's just <laughs> so nineties. It and is just dash Rendar and his, what it is like punk Chewbacca, maybe punk rock Chewbacca. Oh, Snuva? Chewbacca? Oh, yeah. Chewbacca uh, under, um, uh, in disguise? Yeah. With his flat top and his yep. eye patch? Super. I'm sure he's got a couple patches in there somewhere. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It is 90s as hell, and she's or... Not patches. Pockets. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. Pocket bandolier. Mm-hmm. She's or, uh, he never really did it for me as a villain. I have to say. Um, I just remember him having the machine that worked out all his muscles. Like, I don't know, like the, the super, super bow flex or whatever. The I just remember him having a seemingly sexual relationship with an android lady. And he stank nice. Mm. You, you know, he had the power of pheromones. Oh, yeah. I remember that now. He stank real nice. He smelled really attractive. Yeah. He smelled like uh, fresh, fresh break. Burp. Moving along. I just had a stroke. He stank <laughs> nice. Genius. A stroke of genius, maybe. Oh, man. So, um, 
What's next? I think that's it for news this week. We got the delay. We got Taika Waititi writing his Star Wars movie. And we got a possible Donald Glover return as Lando. Um, Yeah, that's about it. Um, oh, man. You know what I am excited about? Un-Star Wars related. I was just scrolling real quick to see if I missed anything and this popped up. You know the third Bill and Ted movie is coming out, yes. right? And they announced today that it's coming out September 1st in theaters and video on demand. So you'll be able to watch it at home. I can't wait. It's going to be good. Guess what I'm going to be doing on September 1st at home watching Bill and Ted 3. Wild Stallion. <laughs> the the lady that plays um, one of the daughters, because, you know, that's kind of the storyline in the third one is that their daughters are along for the ride. Yeah, She's, like I thought like they didn't write the song that was going to change the world yet right. or something like that. Right. <laughs> um, one of the daughters is in this show that Jesse and I really like uh, called Atypical that's okay. on Netflix. And uh, it was cool to see her show up. I didn't realize that's who they cast as one of their daughters. So I was pretty stoked to see that. All Whoa. right. Well, do you want to move on to um, some voicemails? I do. All right. Well, let's get it popping. Kia D. Kia D. First up, we have the incomparable. I don't think you understand how that word works. Oh, did I? Do I not? No, you do. I was just kidding. Oh, God dang you it. Do. Well, I was just kidding. <laughs> the, the, I got you today, buddy. Man, I got your number. I, I got you teed up. You, you came, like, you, you were like, I'm about to take vacation from the podcast i'm coming aggressive i'm gonna tweak those nipples so hard they're still gonna be bruised in a couple weeks when you come back be like it's nice to have you back but my nips still hurt jesse's gonna be like they you'd think they'd go down and Hawes was like yeah right you'd think they would (laughs) me sleeping with ice packs on them and stuff have them all taped up yeah see the thing about nipple chafing is that it's a it's a dangerous sky call (laughs) (laughs) 
But anyway, we got a voicemail from the king of all times, King Tom Chansky. Oh, speaking of which, two of my favorite Star Wars friends have had raccoon encounters in the last week. Ho, ho, ho. So, Saturday morning, I wake up because I was up late playing Ghost of Tsushima. And I have a message from our buddy Robbo, you know, who DMs our Star Wars adventure sessions. Or Blue Harvest adventure sessions. And it's just a, hey, I caught a raccoon. Do you want it? Oh, wow. And, I, you know, I say yes, because I do. And it turns out that he set out like a a live trap or whatever, like a safe, you know, like a humane trap or whatever for, I guess, a stray kitten that was in his neighborhood and ended up catching a raccoon instead. Lucky motherfucker. Lucky bastard, man. You got a raccoon in a cage in your backyard? Did you feed it snacks? Because I would have. That raccoon would have been my best friend within minutes. Would have been a diabetic raccoon. They eat trash. I'm just saying you would have given him so many good snacks. <laughs> Be spoon feeding them Ben and Jerry's. Hey, you like that, don't you, buddy? Cherry you have Garcia. A spoon with this giant mountain of peanut butter on it. <laughs> um, and then today, King Tom sends me the message about uh, the Star Wars movies getting delayed. And then he's like, oh, check this out. There's a raccoon on my neighbor's roof. And sends me a picture of this raccoon on his neighbor's roof just looking at King Tom. I like to imagine that King Tom was all kicked back in his hammock. Just relaxing. And he looked up and there's a raccoon watching him. And meanwhile, the raccoon that was living in our neighborhood, I haven't seen him months now. In months. We know he's still there because he got into our trash this week. Woke up Wednesday morning, there's trash all over the front yard. Maybe he did that just for you. He was like, I just want you to know I'm still here. Yeah, maybe. Well, You know (laughs) what? He doesn't need to get into trash. If he would just be my friend, he he would have all the food he needs. Cat food, dog food, wet cat food, wet dog food, chips, snacks, cold cuts, whatever he wants, man. I got him. Dry cereal. I'd even share my cinnamon toast crunch with this little guy. Whoa, but now that's no. love. But no, he's got to tear into our trash. Anyway, let's hear from King Tom. Hey there, Haas and Will. Once again, I'm coming to you from the great outdoors, and it's kind of fitting because I want to talk about something the two of you talked about last week. Survival. And I, I realize that this might be more aimed towards Will because, Hawes, you said that survival shows weren't your thing. I apologize for that, but I, I have two questions. And this is something that was actually on my mind. I rewatched Empire a few weeks ago. And when, after Han rescues Luke on Hoth, um, you know, he stuffs him in the belly of, Tauntaun, of the Tauntaun, and he says, this will keep you warm until I can get the shelter up. And then he takes, like, these things that look like sticks out of his survival pack He sets it up, and he's making some sort of shelter that will keep them warm and safe through the night. And then you can see Han next to, like, in the morning, uh, after Zev rescues them, next to, like, this mound of snow. What kind of shelter do you think 
they had? Do you think they had a tent, or were these sticks that just made, like, a warm energy field, or was it, like, a big foil bubble or something? This is something, you know, I always used to think about that, and it really struck me the other time when I listened to it. And you guys mentioned survival, so I figured I would ask. Um, the other question, and I know Will said he likes survival-type shows. One of my favorite shows um, was Survivor Man. And if you're oh, not yeah. familiar with it, a guy, it's a lot better than Man vs. Wild or the Bear Grylls thing. Um, a guy goes into some wilderness area with, like, a bunch of camera gear. He does everything himself and maybe a few survival essentials, and he has to live for a week. And it's, it's a really cool show. The guy's insane, uh, but he's good at what he does. If you were the Star Wars galaxy and you had to... You were the star of a show like that. And, you know, obviously you couldn't have, like, droids do stuff for you. You could have some survival stuff, but you couldn't have, like, things that would make it easy. What planet would you want to survive on? I mean, I think the, the, the choice for me would be something like Naboo or... I'm talking about the wilderness areas here. You know, Naboo or Alderaan or Endor. Because I, I would not, you know... There are times Survivor Man goes to, like, the Arctic Circle or the deserts, and there's nothing there, and... I don't know. That's just totally not my thing. But I'm curious about how, how daring you guys would be. Although, Hawes, I remember you said that's not your thing, so you can take a pass on that. If you want, you know, if you want to hang out on Kashyyyk with the Wookiees up in the trees or something like that, that's cool, too. Anyway, thanks for listening. I'll talk to you guys later. Well, first off, <clears throat> in this hypothetical world where I have to pick a planet to survive on to do the Survivor Man thing, I think Kashyyyk might be at the bottom of my list because there's giant fucking spiders there. Yeah, I was going to say the wildlife on Kashyyyk is like triple my size everywhere. Yeah, and it would rip and, you in half, butthole to mouth hole. But I think it's very compelling. You know, like Kashyyyk would be... See, the thing, you know, can, I can go out in the woods and live for a week. You know, like, I don't think that's very compelling like I think the hard places to survive make the better television. So like Hoth, Hoth would be good survival. Mustafar, try to survive on Mustafar for a Ooh. week. Uh, Dagob <coughs> Dagobah, like nothing but jungle. Um, Kashyyyk as the forest, the wild. To me, the wildlife would be terrifying. The thing to survive on Kashyyyk, not necessarily, and probably poisonous plants and maybe even man-eating plants. Uh, I think Felucia would be beautiful to try to survive on for a week. Okay, okay. That's like the crazy mm -hmm. psychedelic jungle. Um, and maybe this would be weird, but Camino, um, like an all-water planet, like what would you do if you're stranded on an all-water planet? Drowned, I guess. <laughs> like have to try to make a, some sort of ship or something. Oh, my like. God. That would be tough. Um, for See, me, good like... Television. Like, uh, the desert planets immediately eliminated because I would be so cranky in an environment that hot. You know what I mean? The only words you would be able to say were water. Yeah, for real. Um, so, desert planets, out of the question. I am a fat guy. I don't do well in the heat. Um, I might do Hoth because I do like the cold now. Granted. That is a level of cold I have never experienced. I've lived in the South my whole life where 
you know, an inch of a half of snow shuts down the entire state for two days. You know, I haven't even been up, you know, north for their like crazy winters. So maybe I'd be biting off more than I could chew as far as that is concerned. But like the the wilderness on Naboo, like I could see Dagobah, like, dude, swamps kind of gross me out. Like, yeah. If you've ever been in like an actual swamp, like they're yeah. gross. It's they like are gross. Stagnant water. It's the smell of rotting vegetation. Yeah, and fucking snakes. Snakes. Leeches. Bugs. Bugs. Um. So yeah. All tasty dinners if you're surviving. <laughs> did I ever tell you about the time I had to eat bugs in the Boy Scouts? Really? What did? What bug was it? I had to eat two different types of bugs. So okay. Um, this was one of our scout masters who was way into like the survivor man type thing. This was probably pre survivor man. In fact, I'm sure it was, but yeah, during uh, a camp out, he made us eat bugs. Um, we had to eat ants. So like what we did was we took the ants and you squish their heads so they can't bite you and then Mm -hmm. you eat them and we had Mm -hmm. to eat grasshoppers. Hmm. Which those are actually two decent ones. Like ants are slightly acidic, and yeah, they t- grasshoppers. Go ahead. Well, I was gonna say I remember the ants having like a tart, like a lemony yeah, acidity, almost lemony kind of. taste to them. The yeah. grasshoppers, you uh, pulled off the head and the legs. And basically swallowed them like a giant pill, like their thorax. Oh, their middle. It was gross. I don't, I would have roasted them. I would have. Oh, no, there was no cooking of any of these creatures. Oh, buddy. I would have stuck those on an open flame and got them nice and charred up like a little piece of steak or something. Obviously squish the head, pull the legs off. You can char them and it's real easy to pull the legs off. They just basically fall off. And then you eat the abdomen. It was, uh, I think that might have been. Like one of the days where I was like, I'm quitting the Boy Scouts. I'm sure. I mean, fucking e- being an Eagle Scout. I'm out of this bitch. I don't. I don't hold it against you. See, the thing to me about eating bugs and the little stuff like that is a lot of them carry parasites that are yeah. very specific to their species. Yeah. So I feel like cooking them is a must. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. Maybe oh, yeah. not even ants. Like maybe I'd sprinkle some ants in my soup and they'd be just like. You know, like croutons or something. I don't know, man. But, uh, but I hated it, and like, I, I threw up. It so didn't, gross. and and I was the only one. So like, maybe that's course, a safety mechanism. Yeah, and maybe and and of course, I'm the only kid that throws up. So everybody starts ragging on me and stuff. It was a nightmare. And I don't slugs if, and snails can carry like brain eating parasites and stuff. Um, from what so I've talked, don't to, eat slugs and snails, kid. From what I've talked to other, uh kids that were in the boy scouts not a common practice either that they were like hey on this camp out you're gonna eat some motherfucking bugs and i hate I mean, bugs dude, you gotta be hard up for food right like you well, gotta not know any edible plants <coughs> you gotta not be able to hit a squirrel with a slingshot or a stick or an atlatl or anything like that like, this was this was all like the other thing he taught us was like how to get dew and rain off of plants like sort of like oh, that's cool 
do you remember? I have vague memories of this story about a guy who got lost. I want to say in Vietnam or somewhere in that area. This had to be in the early-ish, mid-90s, because this would have been when I was in the Boy Scouts. And he survived by drinking, like, funneling rainwater off of plants and eating bugs and stuff. And I feel like that was the genesis mm-hmm. of this scout master being like, this is I don't specifically do. remember that, but that makes sense that I mean, that would be a thing to where they did it in the Boy Scouts. Not necessarily like a unique story either, you know. I rem- I remember the story about the guy that got snowed in in a snowbank in his wrecked car and like lived off of hot sauce packets and like some peanut butter he had in the car or something like that for like a week or something. And that's why so Walt found Will it. always keeps a jar of peanut butter in his car. I mean that and hot well, yeah, sauce that. packets. <laughs> that and you just really like peanut butter. That and yeah, I like peanut butter. <coughs> um, uh, 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 like Tom said, Survivor Man is the guy I respect the most. Like, you know, because a lot of these other guys have a camera crew filming them, right? Like, Survivor Man takes the tripod and himself. He sets it up. He does all his own stuff, and that's what the dudes on Alone do. They they they're alone with the camera equipment, and so that I respect. Plus, he's uh, real informative. He will, at random, take a handful of stuff that you just might have on you if you get stranded somewhere. Like, I'm blanking on some of the random things, but it's interesting the stuff he makes from that random handful of stuff he has. Right. So how do you think the uh, temporary shelter in Empire Strikes Back worked? This is something I've always wondered. There, I have two options in my mind of where the way I've always thought about how it worked. There's a low-tech option and a high-tech option. Uh, the low-tech option is that they're just they're just stakes. They are tent stakes, and he strung up like a mylar tinfoil blanket thing over the top. And it was just, instead of having to find sticks to build a shelter, they are maybe, you know, extendable... Mm-hmm stakes that help you build a shelter now the high-tech way that i prefer to think about how that worked you know in star wars we have ray shield technology right um what if it's a ray shield tent each each one of those spikes is an emitter and once you establish the race the ray shield field like snow can build up on the outside it's basically the top dome to your building or whatever it's basically just a force field and the interior is heated yeah, so kind of like what Tom was saying, sort of like, a, right. yeah, like the stakes would just sort of form some sort of energy perimeter or something. Right, that would melt the snow and, you know, keep, let it pile up or keep it out or something like that. <laughs> Prevent you from being exposed. Works for me. All right, next up we have a voicemail from Jim. Halls and Will, do I sound laid back? That's because I've been camping and, oh my gosh, in the quiet and silence and no cell data, no Wi-Fi, got to quiet my mind and find out that when everything else falls away, on the very inside, deep, deep inside, is the soundtrack to Moana, actually. That's all I could... uh, the entire time i'm shiny is it's really bad it's tough man having a two and a four year old 
cruiser's kids got off of Moana and now they're into Frozen. Mine got off of Frozen and now they're into Moana. So anyway, um, I have two questions, one quick one. Uh, and I guess this is more of a Robo question. The, the black saber, the dark saber. Um, so if you were to slap, you know how if you had a samurai sword, you could cut, but you can also sort of slap someone uh, with the side of the sword. Um, what is, if you were to have a pile of bricks and you cut them with the sharp edge of the black saber, would it be the exact, wouldn't it be the exact same speed if you had it sideways and had it the flat side? I, 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 like, I, I like and dislike the Darksaber. Like, I agree with everybody that loves it, and I agree with everybody that doesn't like it. You know, it's a little hokey, but I still, I love Samurai. I love that it's dark. I love the look of it, but it's a little strange to me. But, uh, so, my other question, that was supposed to be the short one. This is actually more of a concern with uh, Deborah Chow doing Kenobi and has the volume and everything, and I have confidence in her, but it's going to be totally different than The Mandalorian in the way that that was sort of a show written by a committee almost, right? And then trouble shot and then put into animation and then even voiced, and then it's like, here, director, make this, you know, just do this. The, uh, the behind the scenes took away the... I don't want to say respect, but just wonder, like, I'm not going to give one one director way more credit than the other if they had to stick to a certain script. But I'm sure that uh, their talents still shot through and, you know, you can't, it's not like one of us could just <laughs> take the director's chair and knock it out of the park the way that they all did. But um, do you, or, or, are you worried a little bit that it might not have quite the production value of the mandalorian i guess is my concern uh, how you guys feel about that all right ignite the green <clears throat> so as far as the dark saber is concerned i mean i think jim is right it, it operates like a normal lightsaber it just has a different visual shape to it right yeah i would assume that like getting hit by the flat edge for lack of a better term of the dark saber would be the same thing as getting hit by a normal lightsaber right like it's just because i don't know the physics of like surface area and surface tension of a plasma blade for lack of a better term scientific term or what that would be um i mean like like we said it should i think back to qui-gon jinn using his lightsaber to try to get into the command deck uh -huh. of the trade federation ship and like quite clearly every side of the lightsaber can turn metal to molten metal. So you would assume it, the blade has exactly the same function. Now I just feel like getting slapped with the broad edge might, I don't know, like dissipate the s cutting surface where you might, it might take more physical strength to get through an object with the flat side than with the cutting edge. Does that make sense? Because a cutting edge on a knife kind of ha helps you use momentum to slice. Does that make sense? Yeah. But we're not talking about a metal blade. So like yeah. I said, I don't really know the physics, but I, I imagine getting slapped with the broadside is like getting hit with a hot iron or something. 
a brand. Yeah. I imagine that it, the reason I think that it probably just works like a normal lightsaber is because it's essentially the same thing. And if I had to guess, the reason it has its very, you know, like katana or sword like shape is because the energy field or containment field or whatever it is that's around a lightsaber that keeps it from just protruding on forever you know, that helps keep its shape is right. made to, to keep the beam in that very sword like shape. That specific shape. shape. Yeah. That parallelogram. It's more of a, like a, a flashy showy thing or a, a, a style choice. Right. Then it is some sort of like, um, utility choice is what I would guess. Now, I imagine it helps ahead. for blocking. Yeah. Um, because I know with a katana, you you don't necessarily want to block with the sharp edge. Right. You want to block with the flat edge of the blade or even the back of the blade. Now, as far as Deborah Chow and Kenobi is concerned, I actually kind of go in an opposite direction with than, than Jim. It makes me wonder if we're going to see a more unified, consistent show from Kenobi versus the Mandalorian because the Mandalorian, which I love start to finish episodes do feel different and have their own different vibe, which is cool for its sort of continual serialized story format for one of the things that I thought was quite clear from the making of though, was that how there were even contributions from other directors yeah. On the main director's movie, on episodes. Yeah, but Kenobi, which is not meant to be, as far as I understand, a continuous serialized show with multiple seasons. It's more meant to be a miniseries, almost like a, you know, a long movie. Then I kind of feel like you want a single director to keep to have the, the tone. Same feel and yeah, tone, and feel. Right. Now, as now, far as the contributions for other people go... I think most of the crew that you see involved with the Mandalorian, except for maybe the other directors, will be involved with Kenobi, especially on the technical side of things. And um, and I feel like Kenobi has been so no sorry. I feel like the Mandalorian has been so successful um that they wouldn't not follow that strategy again. He was talking about how everything was storyboarded and animated before you go even go into it. I feel like if you're going to use the volume so heavily, you really need that yeah. to help you pull those things off. So I don't know why you wouldn't heavily storyboard and, and you know, partially animate yeah. oh, your yeah. story ahead of time, which I think really helps while you're shooting. It seemed really clear to me that that was incredibly helpful to the director's when they were filming things. Yeah, and, you know, I'm sure the the benefit that all the shows coming post-season one of The Mandalorian have is The Mandalorian set the blueprint for doing live-action Star Wars TV. So, hopefully, the only way, the only direction you have to go from there is up. Not just for Kenobi, but for Mandalorian season two and three and for Cassian. You can only learn, you know, you have to imagine that you only learn the more and more you do it. 
So you got the the big hurdle out of the way, the first Star Wars live action show. And now you just iterate and improve on that. And honestly, I think we could be looking at something with even maybe a better production value. Because if it's six episodes and has a similar budget to The Mandalorian, you're looking at them spending more per episode on the show. So... I don't know that we really have anything to worry about. The big worry with Kenobi is the story. If they nail that and make that compelling, then I think it's smooth sailing from then on. And it honestly kind of seems like the thing that they've been having a hard time cracking. If, you know, the delays and change of writers and all that is anything to go on. So they get that right. I think everything's all good. All right. I think so, too. We got one last voicemail for the night, and then we'll <coughs> be calling it for the evening. This is from... Oh, uh, by the Moana soundtrack. Really great. I think that I, I might take the Moana soundtrack over the Frozen soundtrack. I haven't, I've only seen Moana once. It warrants a rewatch. I enjoyed it. You uh, should. I should rewatch it, though. <coughs> this one is from uh, Not King Tom. Tom Sutton. Let's hear what he has to say. Hey, Hoss and Will, this is Tom in Sweden. Just calling in with a few comments. Um, I've been lucky enough to see The Empire Strikes Back in the, on the big screen twice in the last week. And uh, I also, while flicking through uh, the listings for the, for the cinema, noticed that they were putting The Rise of Skywalker back on IMAX for a night. Um, so I went to see that too. Um, had an amazing, uh, amazing time seeing, the, uh, seeing Empire on the big screen again. And um, ah, no matter what anyone else says, I love The Rise of Skywalker. It, and seeing it in IMAX, it's just absolutely the best possible way to do it the sound it, it sounds like the whole building is going to collapse on top of you it's amazing so i had a great time uh, i also wanted to uh really 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 strongly agree with what you said uh, to mike who emailed in uh, on the last show um mike was asking about uh getting involved with podcasting or whatever um i uh I, I started listening to to podcasts in about 2006 and I guess has have had it in the back of my mind for years that I wanted to try it, try it out. And um, about six months ago, I finally just went like, "All right, enough procrastination." And um, in the space of one evening, I decided on a podcast name, recorded my first episode, researched how to uh, upload podcasts, uh, drew hand drew the podcast art. And put the whole thing up online, all in the space of one evening. Um, that's my podcast called um, Star Wars Fun for Everyone, especially me. Uh, so I just, I would just say to Mike, uh, yeah, Hawes and Will are right. Don't overthink it. Just um, do it in the way like kids uh, color in coloring books. They don't think, they don't wonder about whether they are good enough or uh whatever to do it they just enjoy it and um get it done and then move on to something else um now my final thing that i wanted to uh mention was um in the rise of skywalker we see this uh thing with palpatine and this sith ritual where if uh 
if the right person strikes him down in anger, that uh, the the spirit of generations of Sith would then pass into that person. And um, I actually really like that. And the reason for that is this. Um, I love Return of the Jedi, just as we all do. And um, it was my childhood favorite growing up. Um, but uh, there was, there's always been one thing that kind of sat a bit weird with me. And that was uh, Palpatine and Vader trying to turn Luke to the dark side. So it, to me, it, it never really made sense. Like you had seen Luke be a bit impatient in, in The Empire Strikes Back. You had seen him choke a couple of Gamorrean guards, which is a bit dark sidey or whatever. But at the end of the day, he had been like a really great guy since the day we met him. So I just, I, I could never really picture in my head what that meant. What does Luke turning to the dark side mean? Does that mean he just like switches, a, is there a, a switch on the back of his head like C-3PO, or, you know, <laughs> light side to dark side or something? Like, it, I didn't understand how that could happen or what that would look like. So after seeing The Rise of Skywalker, what, it, it, made, it made me look at that scene a little differently. Because what you see is you see Palpatine goading Luke into attacking him. Now, I think that the, the uh, thought behind that has always been that uh, Luke would kind of turn to the dark side if he decided to attack. Um, and if he ended up killing Vader, that that would be what would turn him. But I, I can't, I, in my own head canon, this, you know, no one else has to agree, of course, but in my own head canon, now that scene plays out like this, where Palpatine is basically, um, he has two potential outcomes for this in his head and he wins either way either luke attacks palpatine and manages to uh, or uh, he attacks palpatine and vader protects him and vader wins in which case yep the emperor wins or so no there's three options actually so either he attacks palpatine vader protects him vader wins in which case palpatine wins or Luke attacks Vader, kills Vader, and then becomes his new apprentice, turns to the dark side. But to me, the third one is that um, if Luke does make it through Vader to Palpatine and kills Palpatine, that maybe that Sith ritual was something that Palpatine already knew about <coughs> and was counting on. Because if you look at him, he's laughing in Luke's face. He looks like he doesn't have a care in the world. Like, this, whichever way this goes... I can't possibly lose. And um, that actually, for me, makes that entire scene, which happens to be my favorite sequence in all of Star Wars, that makes that scene even better for me. So I just wanted to say, uh, what are your thoughts on that thought? Uh, what do you think? All right. Uh, thanks. You guys do amazing work. I have such a good time listening to you guys. Thanks for everything. This is sadly not King Tom signing out. Thanks, Tom. Um, I'll say this about what Tom said, and Will can sort of back me up on this. I've always, <clears throat> before the rise of Skywalker, and, and partially why I like the concept of Palpatine being struck down in anger and then the essence of thousands of generations of Sith transferring to someone uh, why I like that concept so much is and this actually goes back to 
early, early on, maybe the second or third time Will and I hung out and we're talking about Star Wars, um, this was not too long after Revenge of the Sith had been released. And we're talking about it, and Will's probably actually said this on the podcast a couple of times, like one of his few complaints about it was how quickly Anakin seemingly turns to the dark side, right? Right. And I told Will back then, and this was always sort of my stance, that like maybe not necessarily turning to the dark side, but being a Sith is this weird form of possession, where you're almost possessed by being a Sith or a dark side. And I sort of back this up, and it's weird that he brings up Return of the Jedi because I literally watched it yesterday. Mm. Um, After dinner, Jesse and I were hanging out, and she's like, I think I'm going to go take a nap. So she went to take a nap, and I was like, it's Star Wars time. So I decided to watch Return of the Jedi. Um, And I always backed up this statement by... In Return of the Jedi, when Luke and Vader are talking, when Luke gets captured, and he's trying to turn Vader, and he's like, you don't understand the power of the dark side. I must obey. You know what I'm saying? Uh, To me, that always seemed like there was some force at play there, for lack of a better term, that was influencing Vader slash Anakin. Now... You know, years and years later, once we have the Clone Wars, we see way more progression of Anakin going towards the dark side. It's not just three movies and killing some Tusken Raiders and chopping off uh, Mace Windu's hand and shit, you know, or chopping off Count Dooku's head. So that's why I like that concept in Revenge or Rise of Skywalker, because it kind of backed up a little bit of my feelings. Now, I don't know that necessarily, it's hard to say, because with every future installment of Star Wars, things will be added to the canon and the mythology. I think, you know, from a real world perspective, George Lucas, when doing Return of the Jedi, thought like, oh, they're just trying to turn him to the dark side. Palpatine always knew that Vader was going to keep Luke from killing him. They're just trying to goad him to the dark side. That or kind of what Tom said about, I feel like Palpatine knew he had every base covered. Like, look, if Luke slays Vader, I got a new Vader. If Vader slays Luke, that's one less Skywalker problem to worry about. If Luke slays me by some freak accident, I got clones on the ready to move my consciousness over to. Like, I don't think he was worried about anything right. in well, that well, scenario. See, that's what I'm saying. That's definitely how it is now, I feel, with, you know, all three trilogies done. But then when you get to the prequel trilogy, I think George Lucas's mindset was the whole rule of two thing. So Palpatine wants Luke to kill Vader and then become his apprentice. Right. Because I think that's that's the goal. Vader and I think he's trying to goad him into striking him down in anger to just flare up his anger in general. Well, to to strike down his father. Yeah, to to let loose with the dark side. He's trying to push him and get, you know, these feelings and these emotions associated with the out uh, the the dark side to flare up. 
and I then, think at that point Luke is is you know is running the statistics in his head. It's like if this man's gonna offer me a free strike, I can save my friends by lobbing his head off if I'm quick enough. And, and then he does. Like he's it's a pressure cooker moment. Like you can see him <coughs> conflicting yeah. on whether he should strike this unarmed man or not. And little do you know, I mean, Palpatine has force lightning, so he's never unarmed. So yeah, it wouldn't be. And again, that's that's an ancient Jedi code. You know, what well, you know, the Jedi have to evolve to stay relevant. And if striking down an unarmed Sith is against the Jedi code, like maybe it shouldn't be. Like you know, right. And I mean, Anakin shouldn't have beheaded Dooku, but I don't think he did it in anger. Like, I think he did it on command. He did it because he was told to, not because he was angry with him. He was even, after he did it, he was like, nah, I shouldn't have done that. Um, but yeah, I just, you know, like I was saying, now that we have all three trilogies, I think the story that you can infer or what you can infer is, like you and Tom both said, Palpatine's just got every base covered. He the, the the one thing he does not expect is what happens, which is Vader to turn to the dark the light side and to save his son. That's yeah. the base he doesn't have covered because for Vader to have this last minute change of heart or you know right. guilt or yeah because Palpatine is short sighted. He thinks there's no way he can be defeated because he has what he feels his base is covered so well, and that's the thing. Like to be so short sighted. To have your eye on the long game for so long. To expand on the story of Star Wars and have a sequel trilogy, things do have to change. Just like, you know, like the whole concept of balance. The Force was brought brought into balance for a little while, and then it was thrown back out of balance. I still think Star Wars itself struggles to really... And I guess you don't want to nail it down, but I think Star Wars itself struggles with what is the light side? What is the dark side? Where is the balance? And what is the Sith? Like we understand that the Sith is a perversion of the force itself that leans heavily to the dark side. But I mean, thus in, in balance, is there a perversion of the force that leans heavily towards the light side? I mean, I don't know. And I'll say this, if we ever get an episode 10, 11 and 12, like the only real story that you can explore with more sequels, is the force being thrown out of balance once again? There yeah. will have to be some sort of evil dark side user, be they Sith or something else, that causes a threat. And I'm I want more Star Wars stories enough that that's okay with me. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that is something. The first question that a lot of Star Wars fans had when they announced the sequel trilogy is like, well, what does that mean for the concept of the balance of the force? And what that means is that the force is never going to completely stay in balance. If you, it is a constant ebb and flow, like the tides of the sea. Yeah, and a, if a seesaw, if you get and to trying a, to balance a seesaw is, you know, yeah, and damn near if, impossible. If you get to a point where the force is, and they're like, "This is it. The force will always be in balance." That's the end for Star Wars stories. That's it. I mean, you can Star have Wars smugglers becomes, and stuff, but like the Star Wars stories involving like Jedi and you know, all that stuff. That's the end for that. Yeah. That's... Jedi just become monks. Yeah. That don't have to fight anymore. <laughs> they just, become... 
So, well, thanks for uh, everybody's voice message. It was nice to hear from you guys. I think that does it for us this week. Buddy, we will miss you. Uh, good luck with everything. Thank you, um, thank you. And we will look uh, forward to hearing from you in a week or two or however long it takes for you to, uh, you know, feel comfortable and and ready to come back. And uh, I'll have some guests lined up um, for while you're away. My pre-thanks pre to all of your guests that may help fill in for me and record with you in my absence. Yeah, man. Um, if you haven't already, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps us out. And if you enjoy our theme song, please check out the band that was kind enough to provide the music. They are Stoned Cobra, and you can find them on iTunes, Spotify, and at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com. And until next week, when Will will be plus one at the house, and we will be plus one special guest, this has been Blue Harvest, and I'm Hans Burkhart. And I'm Will Witten. May the force be with you. May the force be with all of you. May the force be with us.